Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to 90 Day Fiancé WTF Podcast, a weekly hangout to talk about what the fuck we all just watch on TLC's 90 Day Fiancé. I am Nadia, and with me is my co-host, Lon. Mary had a little... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I wanted to get that out. <laughs> I told you. Hey, everybody. How's it going? <laughs> so Libby does have a little lamb, I guess. Hopefully, I liked that why part. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I thought it sounded pretty good. You I know, hope the... that she takes it very seriously. Yeah, because I can't yeah. keep a straight face if I were to like go to a singing coach and I end up singing nursery rhymes. Yeah, you know, what I, mean? I, I like how the camera like kind of focused on the reaction. Yeah, and she's just nodding her head, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, like I want to do nursery rhymes, uh, and she's just like, <laughs> <laughs> it didn't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> but what you got to say about that one about Libby and I guess it's only Libby this last episode am I right yeah I enjoyed the scene with Libby it, it was a nice break from the family drama because you know when, when it comes to Libby and Andre it's always about the family it's very rarely about Libby and Andre and even though this wasn't really about Libby and Andre, I thought it was a refreshing scene to just kind of get into what Libby's really about and what Libby wants to pursue. For me, it was entertaining. It was definitely a, a highlight for me. And then the rest was about uh, Andre's father visiting, which I also thought was kind of cool. It was it was refreshing to kind of get away from the drama of Libby's family. Yeah. yeah. Was it this episode where... Andre confronted the mom. Yeah, that's right. You're right. They did. They I did they do up, a right? little bit of that. Yeah, they met up. They met up at a diner or, <laughs> or something like that. Right. That's right. Okay. So I did make one interesting note about that. Okay. And when Pam says, you can't just cut people off. I'm just like, Too right can. now I'm, yes, you fucking can. Right. <laughs> Especially <laughs> they're toxic. Especially that's what I'm getting at. Yes. Like these days, I'm all about protecting my energy. I think the younger me was very much a people pleaser. And I had a difficult time saying no. I had a difficult time cutting people off. I was always about giving people the benefit of the doubt. Mm. But now I'm about protecting my energy. And if you're toxic, don't drag me down with you. And and I'm down to maybe help you with what you're going through. But if you're just going to bring me into your negative space, then I don't need that. So when she's like, 
you can't just cut people off dude charlie is fucking toxic Mm -hmm. and yeah he needs he needs help and it seems to me that y'all have been trying to get him help andre is right about this andre is right like no you're asking to get us back together it's just not gonna work out you can't ask me to do that i will say no and i'm gonna keep my family away from him and i'm just like until charlie gets better I'm with Andre on this one. So, yeah. <laughs> what was the mom's excuse again? Because did she say something about Charlie passionately drinking or something like that? Like, how was her excuse this time around? I forgot what she said. But I remember whatever she said, I was like, Mm-mm, he's definitely an alcoholic. Yeah, I, f- I forgot. The only thing I do remember was her like comparing it to Andre's drinking Again, like, no, we're not even, how can you compare me? How can you compare us to? We're not the same. Yeah. And it's hard to prove. So I see it from Pam's view when Pam is there. Yeah. Like I get it. He probably doesn't drink as much as Charlie, but then when they're in the same settings, they do. And when they fight, they're both pretty argumentative about it, you know? So the way Pam sees it, I can kind of see that. Yeah. Like, but wait a minute, you're just as bad. So I can kind of see that if all she sees are when Charlie and Andre are together, then yeah, it does look like they're both kind of drinking and they're both yelling at each other and they're both getting violent with each other. So I I did kind of see that and I can kind of see the comparison. But I also understand where Andre is coming from, where he's like, no, I don't drink every day. I guess I'm more social or whatever. I'm not I'm not an alcoholic or whatever. And he's the one that comes at me and stuff. If I were the mom, I would tell Andre, I would make Charlie go for AA meetings. If you go for anger management classes. Ah, uh, yeah. Because I think Andre has a problem the... too. Yeah, he does. Oh, he totally yeah. does. I don't know. I don't want to say. Every time I say culturally, it's not like I'm blaming the culture. Mm-hmm. Again, I just think predominantly, and this goes for not just here, but around the world, a lot of societies are patriarchal. And I just think part of it is he's a man and he speaks to women how he speaks to women. And sometimes it's just like... Chill out, man. <laughs> yeah. He definitely could use a little bit more tenderness in his communication. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like Andre is the kind of guy who would get into a road rage. Oh, yeah. Oh, totally. totally. Like, we all saw what he drives. <laughs> yeah. He would totally get into a road rage. <laughs> I like their house, though. That yeah, was their house is nice. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I like the kitchen. So... Shall we move on to Kimbali and Usman, a.k.a. Soja Boy, a.k.a. African Ambassador, a.k.a. Face of Arewa, a.k.a. <laughs> AKA recipient of wine thrown on face? Let me tell you, the audacity of this woman to demand an apology after what she did? Dude. After what she did, right? How dare she? Yeah. You assaulted someone and you asked for an apology. Yeah, She's got balls. Yeah. And we, I think we talked about this a little bit. We touched up on it a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. you're not. You're saying you are. You, you're saying you are, but you have no idea. Mm-hmm. You know, she has this completely wrong. She thinks, oh, I'm first wife. I'm like top dog. You know, it's there's a hierarchy here and she's beneath my station and what I say goes. That's not actually how it is. And I don't know how Usman sold it to her. Maybe she's telling the truth and he sold it to her a different way. But here's how it's actually going to be. And here's the facts. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to tell somebody that you respect their culture and you respect 
their beliefs, then you're going to listen. And mm-hmm. if you disagree, then then you disagree. You're not going to try to change it. You're not going to tr- try to enforce your way of thinking on it when it's their culture. Like yeah. this is definitely something you're going to have to talk about. And he's over here saying how it's going to be. And she's like, again, making more and more demands until it gets to the point where she just throws a drink in his face in front of his friend. Yeah, that is so BGL, so Angela. <laughs> yeah. And they yeah. do this to African men. Mm-hmm. Are we seeing a pattern here? Definitely, definitely a pattern. Mm-hmm. Definitely a pattern. Ooh. Anyway, may I read an excerpt from Reddit that I think summarized this whole Kimbali and Usman? Let's go for it. All right. So someone wrote, and I'm sorry I didn't get the Redditor's name, but I, I'll, I'll make sure I try to find where I got this comment. But this comment definitely resonated with me and how I thought about the two of them. So this person said, she actually believed that the second wife would be like a sex slave to crank out babies. She loves Usman, but she never wants to meet the children he has with the second wife. What the fuck? Women to women, you'll be okay with a woman being treated like an object? You're so insistent on him respecting you, but that respect doesn't extend to women in general? Obviously, I know the answer to all these questions. I just can't believe Kim Bali is on national television admitting she'd not only be okay with Usman having a baby making slave, but she's saying she preferred that way. What a selfish, unaware fool. Kimbali, if you believe all that nonsense. Oh, I think I might have not copied the entire thing, but basically, yeah, what a selfish, unaware fool. Facts. And it's spot on, right? Mm -hmm. She's selfish. She's only thinking about herself. We know that she's really not about this. Again, one of her first questions, right, was what about the roles? Are we going to be equals? Like, she, (laughs) I can't with her. I can't with her. And the more I see of her, the more I'm putting her on the scale of the BGLs and the um, Angela's Angela's of the show. Right, Mm -hmm. right, right. Yep, yep. So Sharida ended up apologizing to Bilal. Yeah. About the incident. Yeah. Yeah. I must say I'm somewhat disappointed that she had to cave in to that. But she knows that if she didn't, then he would obviously be little Mr. Grumpy there. (laughs) Yeah, I just feel that that's the dynamic. That's the dynamic in the house, away from the cameras and stuff like that, is what he says goes, he's the boss. Whenever I see her get into this kind of submissive state, it takes me back to the tell-all when both her and Shahida when they were kind of backing each other up about yeah. Bilal and how yeah. he does, how he operates, you can sense a, a nervousness. Even Shahido was kind of like almost reluctant and seemed like she was walking on eggshells as she was kind of speaking, almost like a trembling in her voice. Like, this is not a man you speak out against or something, yeah. right? So like, I kind of get this dynamic where... If he says something, then it goes. And I also feel for Shahida, she may not want to throw him under the bus completely because her kid's inheritance is also dependent on him. Oh, yeah. So and I get that. Yeah. And you're speaking about their father on mm-hmm. national TV. Right. I would be hard pressed to do that against family members, too. Of mm-hmm. course, like the cameras are rolling. Yeah. Like 
regardless what the truth is, I'm obviously going to want to put the best face and present my family in, in, in however best light possible when something negative or whatever comes up. So I can understand that. Yeah. I think too, she really is a proponent of the prenup just because oh, she yeah. and the kids will benefit from it. So she cannot completely throw him under the bus. Obviously, it would be beneficial for her to not talk trash about him, right? But Speaking yeah. Speaking of the prenup, uh-huh. is the clause is that she has to have a baby by 40? Is, is that that's, right? That's the recurring theme I'm hearing. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I take umbrage to how he calls baby making, or he compares baby making to a plague. Am I hearing it wrong? <laughs> he told his mom that. It's like, she's talking about baby making like it's a plague. And I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, I don't know <laughs> what he meant by that. <laughs> yeah, like he's so opposed to it that he compares it to a plague. Yeah, but he said something also about once this happens, your life is over as you know it or something. I forgot how he phrased it, but it's done. <laughs> this yeah. is over. Like, damn. <laughs> you know, my brother and his wife have three kids and and they're they're happy. It's, it's a journey and stuff like that. And he yeah. just doesn't see it that way. He just thinks all of a sudden fun stops. I kind of understand. But if he's as well to do and well off as he says he is, then it shouldn't be a problem. I understand for people maybe who are living paycheck to paycheck and have trouble feeding themselves much more like other mouths to feed. Yeah, I can kind of see it where like your life does kind of stop because now you have to live it for all of you or you have to live it strictly for them. Yeah, But this guy should be able to take care of uh, another child or however many Shaida wants, right? Yeah. <laughs> I would think. By the way, I stalked him and according to his LinkedIn, he's a realtor sales associate at the Melfer and Associates Compass Realty Group Mm. in Kentucky, Kansas, I think. So, yeah. And he has his own website, by the way, but it's not really active. Oh. Google it, guys. It's (laughs) BilalHaziz.com or something like that. Well, he's getting that TLC money now. (laughs) Yeah. I know, right? All right. Also getting TLC money in. Having two houses. Summit and Jenny. <laughs> so another couple that I guess Summit ended up apologizing. Well, Jenny also apologized. And I think during this episode, we see them going away to some parts in India, some remote part of India to vacation. Good for them. It's uh, the honeymoon. The official honeymoon, I think. Oh, that is the official honeymoon? Oh, I didn't I think so, that. yeah. Okay. Well, the only takeaway for me from this scene is the fact that Sumit wants to work and Jenny's upset that he will be away from her. Right. Like, so, Jenny, uh, how are we supporting ourselves if one of us doesn't work? I have some of my retirement checks coming oh, in. <laughs> yeah. So along those lines of your takeaway, this is where the age difference shows right like yeah it comes in because she wants to chill she's at the age where like why work i'm supposed to be chilling and the work was just one aspect on the honeymoon itself he's like we're gonna go do xyz because he's young and he's like this is fun let's i forget you know mountain climbing kayaking whatever fucking whatever right (laughs) to do and she's like i thought we could just chill and sit down and stuff and he's like 
<laughs> no <laughs> like what are you talking what <laughs> yeah no yeah this is where the age difference the becomes age more is, jarring yeah, yeah. yeah it's not just all we're just gonna be lovey-dovey and sit down and watch movies and eat and be lazy together which sounds great to me at my age right now but this guy's what you know late 20s early 30s whatever 30s, have yeah, you yeah. he's got energy and i think too he's very proactive about wanting to be youthful so it's like on our honeymoon, we're going to do activities. After our honeymoon, I'm very able-bodied. I'm young. Like, yeah, let me, let me go I'm to a work. Productive member of society. Yeah, he wants to do these things and take advantage of his youth while he has it. And she's just all about, just stay with me. <laughs> and we'll sit and eat fruit. So I don't know what her idea <laughs> is, but this isn't it for him. Like yeah. he's still got a lot of living to do. And I was like, yeah, all that stuff about age not mattering and, oh, we love each other. This is why it matters, you know, and this is where, okay, where are the compromises going to be? How are you going to figure this out? Yeah. Well, I guess we'll uh, wait yeah. till the next episode where she's going to convince him to go back to the U.S. with her. Yeah, yeah. This and would be very interesting. To her point, though, six days out of seven is a lot. She was like, are you going to work six days a week? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, whoa, yeah. <laughs> that is actually a lot of time lot. away. Yeah, that's, that's a lot. I of think, away. too, Jenny doesn't have a circle of friends, maybe, in India that she can, like, hang out with. Because, you know, if, if your partner is away working and if you have, like, a strong support system or some circle that you can hang out with, I think she can kind of like entertain herself or like preoccupy herself. She's not like Yara. She can go have yeah, drinks with her girls. Exactly. <laughs> it's not like that. <laughs> she hasn't found her peeps yet. And maybe she needs to go find out uh, if there are other Americans wherever she is, right? And maybe yeah. just connect with those expats as well. Oh, yeah. But maybe Jenny's also very clingy. I don't know. It, it, this part of her is starting to show. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? So, Lon, is there even a WTF moment on this episode for you? For me, it was, uh, what's her face? Uh, Kimbali. Mm. It was Kimbali, her position on being like first wife, her having the audacity to assault Usman mm -hmm. and then demand an apology. This was all WTF for me. I didn't like it at all. And, you know, as much as I think Usman is opportunistic about this relationship, yeah, I was even like talking to my TV saying, no, Usman, this is not it. You're not going to be happy. <laughs> You're better off with somebody else. You know yeah. what I mean? This is not a good look. It's going to be another BGL situation. Yep. Right. Uh, and I forgot all the drama that happened with BGL. But like, didn't she also like take his cameo money? I remember yep. when we were texting back and forth, like, oh, did you hear there's all this drama and stuff and he had to ask her for the money because he yep. was overseas and she yep, didn't yep. give it to him and i'm just like that's fucked up <laughs> yeah i mean to be fair i don't think kimbali might do that to him i think she's more honorable than that i could be wrong but if it comes down to that like if she actually stooped that low then yeah she's probably in the same category as bgl yeah. and angela for now i think she's being an american woman yeah. in that sense my WTF moment is Bilal talking to his mom, you know, complaining about baby making because yeah. Shida wants to have a baby and almost comparing it to a plague. The plague. <laughs> yeah. I was like, this dude, man. I mean, it's not so much of a WTF, but I'm not a fan of Bilal. So 
anything that comes out of his mouth is WTF to me. Yeah. All right, folks. We'll be right back after these messages. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. All right, we're back. And Lon, it's another episode of House of Dragon, a.k.a. Hot D. The episodes just, I don't know, for me, they get better. They just keep getting better. Yeah. Yeah. There is a lot to unpack about this episode. I wish we could go through every scene, but this would go on for hours because it there's would. so much to dissect. But I think, do we want to start with the main highlight, which is the wedding? Or do we want to go all the way to the back and kind of like cover bits and pieces of all the scenes that you can remember from it? For example, like them sailing to Driftmark to meet House Valerian. Who's they? So the Targaryen, Viserys, and oh, Viserys. Yeah, 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 I think that's the first scene, right? We saw them on the ship. They were on their way to meet Lord Corlys and ask for Lenor's hand in marriage. I think I went before that, and maybe I'm not remembering it correctly. Like my first note, I think, was when Damon killed his wife. Oh, that's right. Yes, yes. <laughs> I was, was like, before, I think this was before the intro song. I apologize, guys. Yes. So we only got to see her for what three minutes, four yeah, minutes, maybe. Lady that. Rhea, right? Lady right, right, Rhea Lady Rhea. Yeah. Yeah. So in the books, to be transparent, I haven't read the books, but in the books, it says Lady Rhea died of being crushed by her horse. They never said that it was Damon who killed her. Mm. But the show interpreted that as Damon killing her. Okay. Which makes I mean, it's very creative of them to kind of put that two and two together right so yeah i guess we see damon confronting his wife and his wife obviously taunting him about you know why he's there is it time for them to consummate consummate yeah and And go ahead (laughs) no go ahead (laughs) i was just gonna say the way her character was it didn't look like she liked him anyway too though not i don't think she deserved to die but (laughs) the way she was speaking of him and you know she she even said something to the fact like you know after she said to consummate the marriage and she said something like not that i would be willing or something i forget how she said it and i was like oh she's me She's roasting. Yeah, Yeah. right. (laughs) She's roasting this guy. So it didn't even seem like she liked him very much anyway. (laughs) Yeah. Even when she was paralyzed, she was still roasting him. Yeah, you craven. Yeah, she said like, I knew you couldn't finish. And then we saw him walking away and we thought, okay, this guy may be, you know, showing mercy. Nope. He bent down and picked up the biggest rock he could find (laughs) on the ground. And he probably like badgered her head with that. Yeah. (laughs) So... I guess that's the end of Lady Rhea as we knew it. Why do you think Lon, he killed her? What's your theory on that? There's a couple things. The first thought that came to my head was uh, when I was just taking it at face value, I just thought uh, it was there to show that like this guy is ruthless. Like he'll kill someone he's married to. But when I watched it again, he does it after she says uh, something pretty distinct she's talking about his ascension to the throne Mm. and then she says 
I forget how she phrased it, but like, what are you going to do about that? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then he looks at her like, this is what I'm going to do. Like, yeah. To me, there's a silence where they're talking to each other in that silence. Yeah. And she interprets it as you're going to kill me to make yourself single so yes. that you can marry. Right, right, right. Yeah. In that moment, she understands why he's there and starts yep. reaching for her weapon. For her, yes, yes. Yeah. That's why she reached for her bow. And I thought that's that telepathic understanding of why he's right. there it's communicated it's in the eyes yeah. Like, mm. <laughs> yeah she's smart that way right she knew why he was there because he was barely at the veil when they were married like why did he suddenly come yeah so then we move on to what i was just mentioning earlier which is we saw viserys and renera sail to driftmark to meet the house valerian and i must say my takeaway from that scene is how mature, even though we're in sort of medieval fantasy environment, but how mature that conversation is between Lenore and Rhaenyra, right? Because Rhaenyra was like, I prefer, what was it she said, wild turkey or wild goose. Something about wild goose and duck, if I'm not yeah, wrong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and it's like her way of saying, I know you're different, but we have to do this because it's our duty and mm -hmm. it's the way that our parents want it. Right. And I think from then on, they had an understanding that they will have an open relationship slash marriage. Right, right. Yeah. I like how classy that scene is. It was well written. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. There was another phrase they used, but they said something like, They'll do their duty to the throne and whoever yep. they dine with or something is yep. up to them or yeah. something. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I was like, okay, I get it. <laughs> it was very well done. <laughs> yeah. The other takeaway from that scene for me is between Viserys and Corlys, where Corlys was like, well, if Rhaenyra marries Lenor, then she's a Valerian, not a Targaryen right? Like, she'll take on our name. Name, yeah. And then Viserys was like, okay, yeah, yeah, I'll let you have that. But when she ascends to the throne, it will be, be a, a Targaryen. Targaryen. Yeah. <laughs> because I think, too, he believes in the myth, or rather the the Song of Fire and Ice mm. from Aegon. Like, he wants right. to continue that. He believes in that, like, that whole, what you call it, that prophecy he the wants prince to, that was promised. Yeah, the prince <laughs> right. that was promised. Because when that happens, a Targaryen is on the throne. So he wants to continue that. He wants to make that happen, right? Right. So I thought that was, according to Corliss, an equitable decision or something. An right. equitable agreement, a compromise. Right. Yeah. And I think from what I can sense to both Rhaenys and Corliss know that their son's different. But Corliss was kind of like looking the other way and saying, oh, he'll grow out of it. So <laughs> then we came to the wedding. But before we get to the wedding, there were several scenes where we should, you know, discuss. One being the conversation that uh, Larry's strong. The one Again, that's like, yeah, yeah the one that I like, know who you're talking about. Yeah. The guy who remarked on the the flowers from Bravos, And he yeah. was like, these flowers are native to Bravos." <laughs> yeah, he's the one that's like, I think he sat with the talking. ladies. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's how I remembered him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's he so strong. And he told Allison about the tea. And that's when Allison realized that 
oh, if the maester is preparing Rhaenyra a tea, something's up. Meaning that I guess the tea meant like birth control, <laughs> birth control tea or some abortion tea. He actually gave Allison the tea. He the filled tea. her in on the tea, basically. <laughs> Both literal <laughs> and metaphorically, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think at the time, which we're going to circle back to, at the time, Allison did not know that this was about Kristen Cole. Yeah. And Kristen Until she confronted Cole. Him. Yeah. yeah. He told on himself. He told Pretty much. He told <laughs> At that time, he was feeling a little bit crestfallen from the conversation he had with yeah. Rhaenyra on the ship where he's like, yeah. why don't we just sail away and right. go to Essos? Or as that one guy called him, cunt struck. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, because I think he's a very proud knight, right? Because mm. at the night, he's not supposed to lose his virginity. The oath of yeah, so um, yeah, he cannot break was the it oath. Chastity, I forget. Chastity exactly. oath, yeah, yeah. And he did, and I think it's because he has been holding a candle towards Rhaenyra, and he's always had a thing for her. So he really wanted them to get married because he knows that she's unhappy with her life. So yeah. why bother going through with this marriage? And then, like you said, when Alison talk to him because Alison wants to find out the truth like did she actually sleep with Damon did she screw around with some other guy and then he fucking told on himself yeah and he'd die. rather just die yeah, yeah a quick death yeah yeah, yeah, yeah yeah so then we skip to the wedding right are we calling this the green wedding is that the official it's the official unofficial no I think it's still red to me because there were <laughs> blood shed yeah but I can see why you call it green because green is a symbol of calling your bannerman to war. Right. So that's why she came into the hall wearing green. Right. Because at that point, she felt like she's trying to send out SOSs to her house because her dad has left the Red Keep, right? So she right. has no one else except for her, I guess, uncles or whatever that's still around. She's also trying to say to Rhaenyra without saying it that hey I'm over your BS right That's that was she... kind of the statement too why she arrived late like yeah. intentionally right yeah and by the way now that you mentioned arrived late can we talk about how Jason Lannister was being a douche by saying like oh can't wait on women huh this is why women don't go to war yeah <laughs> jerk what a jerk fucking Lannisters <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> And Viscerous too, and Rhaenyra just kind of looked at each other. They gave the side eye. Side eye. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I think they've always been suspicious of the Lannisters because the Lannisters seems like they're just as rich as the High Garden, like the Tyrells. I don't know if the House Tyrell was around during this period, but they're rich. Like you hear them talking about their gold, their riches, and you know, hostily yeah. rock. So, yeah, the first I, episode too, I think when he offered her wine, it was like from his family's, family's vineyard, vineyard or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's the best wine. And then when she thanked him, he like spilled the glasses like me. <laughs> <laughs> what a douche. <laughs> but yeah, so she arrived late and Damon arrived uninvited. <laughs> there right. was a lot going on in that wedding that I think we just have to read the subtext of it. Yeah. Uh, Did you and, notice Damon and Elena kind of like flirting with each other? Yeah. You mean yeah. Elena's sister, right? 
And yeah. Went and yeah. And I was like, what? And she's calling him like, people would be lucky to have you. And he's like, at first he's, he's like, oh, it's because you don't really know me. And then, you know, I think she even came on to him. She said something like, oh, we can correct that or something like that. Yeah. But like you said, there's a lot going on. And there was a moment that was pretty intense, I thought, between him and Rhaenyra. It was super intense, like, and it was kind of sexy. I was like, "What sexual attention going on?" Yeah, she's all up in his face, like the moment's passing. You know, you better shoot your shot one last time and shit yeah. like this. I'm like, "Yo," and and not even hiding it. They're in the middle of the dance floor. I'm like, "What are y'all doing, dude?" Yeah, got the father worried for sure. Yeah, people were looking like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, <laughs> Viserys is like. Ooh, what are you doing? <laughs> I also feel like Sir Leno wasn't really hiding the fact that he's really close with his night guard or something. Yeah. Yeah. Like he keeps going back to him and they were gossiping about how. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, I, I now know who Rhaenyra's paramour is. It's that guy. Look at how he looks at her. Yeah. And I guess next thing you know, there was a fight that broke out. And I think it's because Kristen Cole has been keeping a lot of things inside. And I think when he heard that someone else figured it out, that he's always had a thing for Renera, he like couldn't take it. And that's why he bashed. Yeah. Bashed. There's a few different ways to interpret his anger. I had a discussion with some other people who also watched the show. Mm-hmm. And I interpreted it a couple of ways, but one of the ways I interpreted it was... When that guy, that one guy, <laughs> his lover, whatever, approached uh, Kristen, he was like, oh, you know, we can have our relationships as long as we keep our secrets safe. Yeah. Which wasn't true for Kristen because Kristen shot his shot and he got shot down. So he was like, well, if we're being fair, then if I can't have uh... Rhaenyra, then you can't have. Do you know what I mean? Then yeah, yeah, I can see that. Because he wasn't going to be her whore or whatever, yeah. right? You yeah. want me to be your whore? <laughs> yeah. And yeah, so what the guy was proposing or what the guy was saying was already like, hey, we're good. You know, as long as you keep the secrets, we're good. And he's like, no, we're not. That's a very clever interpretation. I didn't yeah. see that way. But yeah, well, you're right. And that was probably the most brutal shot brutal. that I've seen since like Oberyn's face exploded or head exploded. Yeah. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> I was listening to several podcasts and one of them actually said, why can't he just kill him with a knife rather than batter him to smudges? To like Yeah, the brutality of that. Yeah, like I think that's just for gore. You know what I mean? Like you're a knight, you have a sword, just freaking sword Friday it out or like stab him one time. It's a crime of passion. Oh, yeah. in medieval times. Yeah, in, in medieval times. Right, right, right. <laughs> and when it's a crime of passion and when there's mm. something personal... Yeah. Like, yeah, I think execution style, it's usually not personal. It happens quick. Yeah. But when it's a crime of passion, there's something there. There's there's yeah. an anger underneath it. It's and it's up. just not, yeah, it's it, it becomes overkill. It becomes somebody, you know, in all the true crime shit that I've seen, it becomes someone being stabbed excessively 32 times rather mm. than just a quick cut you in your jugular or whatever. It's like, yeah. I'm going to, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Like when someone's being efficient with their murder, like you say, it's quick, but then when it's a passion and when it's like anger and yeah. also sadness involved. Something in fucking it, right? personal, like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they definitely want them to feel pain, you know, 
So then the last scene was them getting married, and you can see Lenore almost weeping and almost crying his heart out because that was so sad. Lover, he's still sniffling and mourning the death while getting married to someone. I was yeah, I really felt for him that time. You would think that's a red flag for his parents, but they were like, "Yep, just go ahead with it. Let's just marry them off." Yeah, everyone knows. Everyone knows the deal. We're doing this to like combine houses. This is a strategic play. We're not and, marrying for love here. Yeah. And their kids are just pawn. Yeah. yeah. That's sad. But then um, the previews is what excites me the most. The next episode, we're going to see a huge time jump where yeah. a lot of the main cast will be recasted, I would say, right? They're using different actors to show that they've aged. Weirdly, they're still using the same Damon, same Viserys. Viserys is slightly bald and losing his yeah. hair. But We'll see a different Ellison. We'll see a different Rhaenyra, Lenor, and even, I guess, Lena, the Valerians. And then we'll see that Blonde, do you know why her kids are not <laughs> white-haired? <gasps> no. I didn't even put that together. Yeah, so did you see the preview? I did. I wasn't engulfed in it. I wasn't paying attention that closely. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I didn't put that together. So... This is my theory from watching a lot of these YouTubes and listening to podcasts. So the preview shows Rhaenyra bringing her just-born child. She just gave birth and she's bringing her child over to Alison because the queen called for her. And you see Lenor coming in and he's like, oh, how was it? Because he's not there for the birth. He's not even bothered mm-hmm. because they've never consummated their marriage. So you'll see that she'll have three kids with... Uh, dark hair Mm. they're not his right not valerian's and that's because i think she's having an affair with her new night guard who is sir harwin strong which is the hen of the king's brother all right the guy who's really strong i think the guy who like in the wedding you see that he kind of like stopped people or he right. yeah he was the the really, the other strong knight i guess he stopped her on the night at the town right who are yeah what are you running from and she's like sir Harwin. and he's yeah, like yeah 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 go so, run along boy <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah that's i think who she's sleeping with and who yeah. she's been uh, having kids with and then the queen wants to see the baby because She's trying to make a point to Viserys that, hey, look, your daughter's like literally and metaphorically fucking around here. Like she's Mm -hmm. not having babies with her actual husband and you're going to tolerate that. So I think also she wants to push for Aegon to be the true heir. Yeah. Well, one of the notes I made in this episode, I think it started off because it was her father's prodding because there's a scene in this one where when he's leaving it's the scene where where he's leaving and she's like crying and then she's like if you weren't so like pushy about fucking making Aegon like king and stuff and then he had to tell her like hey fucking pay attention yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> the world's gonna fucking burn if this happens and Rhaenyra is gonna kill your children Pretty yep. much, right? Yep. <laughs> if you do not, you better wake the fuck up, right? Yep. And I think that's when she's like starting to realize it. Because I think she was still kind of leaning towards, no, like Rhaenyra is still the true successor and stuff. Yeah. And, and like, before that, she was team Rhaenyra, but especially after she talking found out, to, yeah. 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 That's when she's like, oh, you got my dad fired and mm-hmm. now I'm on to you. Yeah. Yeah. I do have one question for you. 
Okay. As Kristen Cole is about to kill himself,、mm. Allison stops him.、Mm. Why would why would they show that? Like, do you think that's going to pop up? How is that going to manifest in the next five or so episodes? Like, is Kristen still going to be part of the show? Why did that scene happen? There's got to be something there, maybe, or else it'll be like some kind of loose end for me. Yeah. So remember when Allison, after she became queen, and she finally had that talk with Rhaenyra. And she said, "It's very lonely being in this position. Right? People may respect you as a queen, but you have no allies. You have no friends, because all she does is pop out babies for the king. It's not like she enjoys it, as you can tell from the、yeah. one scene, right? So I think the reason why she stopped Sir Kristen Cole from killing himself is because she needs that ally. She needs that ally who knows what Rhaenyra is like." So that if Rhaenyra were to stake her her claim to the throne, someone could be on Alicent's side to stop it.、Mm. I think that's her motivation, if I'm not wrong, because she doesn't have anyone else in the Red Keep. Like she doesn't、right. have anyone else that she can ally with. Right. I figure that that relationship is going to come up. Yeah. In some way, shape, or form, there's something significant that's going to happen based on on that one small scene. Yeah. There's a bit of a discrepancy, I feel, because she should be more afraid of Renera, being that Renera is a dragon rider,、mm. and the Targaryens and the Valerians have dragons. Right. I wonder. But why... she's the queen. She's letting the title get to her. She's the queen. But I also feel <laughs> like, okay, you're the queen, but what's to stop Crazy Damon from burning everything down <laughs> with this dragon? Yeah. And then the only excuse I can think of is, well, maybe it's so common to have dragons, and dragons are more kept at bay. It's normalized, so no one feels like, oh, one person has a big advantage and others are not. You know, I just don't know why Allison wants to go up against Rhaenyra. Rhaenyra that way,、yeah. because now that Rhaenyra is married to the Valerian, like she has an army, a navy, and dragons, and Allison has what, Chris and Cole. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the high towers. Yeah, okay. It's,、uh, it... And maybe the other realms. Okay, but the other realms also pledge their allegiance to Rhaenyra. I、yeah. mean, when her father is still alive. But pretty sure once Viserys goes, then that's when the real war starts. But then also the, she has Daemon on her side. Rhaenyra has Daemon, and that's, so, like, that's and why that's I'm like,、crazy. why is Alicent trying to like really poke her? Because if Rhaenyra wants to. She could have Ellison killed at any point. Yeah, at this point in the game, I think it is kind of one of those. It's crunch time mode now, and it's like what her father said: like prepare Aegon for the throne. Yeah. So this is it. Like she's like, here we go. We got to get it. Yeah. <laughs> it's time. Yeah. All right, Lon. That's our coverage of, I guess, episode four of House of Dragon. Is it episode four? Damn, I'm so bad at keeping. I think it's、episodes. five. I think we're、okay. halfway. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. It's episode five. Yeah. All right. I guess till next time. Any last words? Thank you, and let us know what you think of the show. <laughs> By the way, I just want to say, I caught up on Ted Lasso, and I can totally see what the hype is. Ted Lasso is amazing. Ted Lasso, Lasso on Apple Plus. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I still need to jump on Apple Plus. Yeah. And also, um, I finally caught on Abbott Elementary. Is that on Apple Plus too? That's on ABC. So if you have oh, regular okay. cable or if you have Hulu, it's on Hulu. But it's funny. I can, yeah. I can see why these shows win awards is because it's really top-notch. Top-notch yeah, I'm, writing. I'm, I'm so behind. There's... um. The Handmaid's Tale also started back up, and I and haven't I watched. I haven't that. watched that. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot. All right, folks. Thank you for listening. Be nice to one another. And till next time. Till next time. Bye bye.